0: Welcome, everyone, to the Farm CPA podcast presented by Top Producer. And uh, for me, it's a privilege today to have a conversation with, uh, with Ken Hilton from Red Wing Software. I've known Ken now, I think, for going on close to 10 years. And I think he and I have played golf together. Oh, I don't know if it's a hundred times, but it's getting pretty close. And I think we add up our total scores. uh, We're almost exactly even plus or minus a few. So uh, Ken, uh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah.
1: Thanks for inviting me on Paula. I always enjoy having a conversation with you.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think uh, my memory is, uh, you know, you Red Wings based in Red Wing, Minnesota and you had a house up there, but I think you've just sold your house, is, is that correct? I, I'm just curious about that.
1: That is correct. I sold my house and we closed on it uh, about, well, exactly two weeks ago, and we got all moved out. And so right now I am homeless, uh, as far as Minnesota's concerned. I'm uh, living in my house in Florida. And uh, I am a Florida resident now. Okay. And uh, we've got a house um, on the hook in Wisconsin on the lake, and we close on that the first of September. So around the end of August, I'll be back north and move into my new place.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say based on timing, you know, I think Wisconsin is nice and maybe September, but you know, you're getting into October and you're probably moving down to Florida anyway, aren't you? Yeah,
1: usually around the first uh, first week of October, we come to Florida and we stay here till typically middle of May. Um, uh, I, I guess uh, I kind of like to have guaranteed
0: golf weather wherever. <laughs> yeah, you 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 play more than ten rounds of golf in a year. So uh, you know how how many rounds did you play last year? Uh, last
1: year I was a little short. I think I was probably a little over a hundred rounds
0: okay okay and this year that means you're going to be over 100 rounds
1: no i'm actually doing worse this year i'm only playing about twice a week and um, when i'm in florida here and uh hopefully when i go up north i get that up to three or four times but yeah i'm going to be even a little shorter this year
0: well that's that's okay i'm actually well uh, i think uh the most rounds I got was back in 2020 during the pandemic, I was able to play almost every day. So, uh, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but that, those, those days are gone. So, well, let's go ahead, um, uh, go ahead and get started with your history. Just, uh, maybe where you grew up, uh, went to school and so on the early part before you got into uh, red wing.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I grew up in LaPorte city, Iowa, um, about 15 miles south of Waterloo, Northeast Iowa. And, uh, I went to school at Hawkeye Institute of Technology and got a degree in electronics engineering technology uh, and that's in Waterloo and uh, from there I went to work for a uh, programmable logic control company Mm -hmm. and I worked in the technical department there building prototypes and helping with the design engineers that kind of thing I was there for a few years and then went to work for a small uh, desktop computer company. This was before IBM came out with their PCs. We were building desktop computers. And uh, it was a big deal if you had a five meg hard drive. So imagine (laughs) how how long ago that was. Um, And of course, no color monitors at that time. But I I advanced into uh, Managing the entire organization outside of um, sales and marketing. So I was in charge of production anywhere from buying the parts to shipping the product. And uh, I was selling computers to um, farm management systems at the time, and or I should say I was building computers for them. Yeah. And uh, I talked to the owner there for oh, probably a year, and we negotiated back and forth, and I ended up going to work for them. And uh, that was in New Lenox, Illinois. So I moved from Iowa to Illinois at that time and started out doing uh, hardware and software support. And that's how I got into the software business was, okay. uh, was through that.
0: Well, you mentioned you were building computers. So I started with Moss Adams, which now is like the maybe the 11th largest CPA from the US. So I started at Moss Adams in, in Yakima, Washington in 1983 and they had just bought an IBM PC with dual floppies, not just one floppy, but dual floppy drives, and a color monitor. And I think the cost was eight thousand dollars. It was, and and plus they had this little program called Lotus One Two Three. And since I was the brand new person that started at the company, they let me learn Lotus One Two Three. So that that was how I got started in, in the tech business, so to speak.
1: that goes back a long way I actually started with uh, farm management systems in 1983 as well March of 83 (laughs) so uh so through the years um the organizations have changed through some purchases and sales of companies and merging of companies and and uh, that's how I got to Red Wing Minnesota was through some mergers and acquisitions over time and uh, okay
0: so right now you are the president of Red Wing Software And so let's go through the history of of, of Red Wing or your history with Red Wing.
1: Yeah, back in uh, 2001, um, I had I had bought into farm management systems after I was there for a few years. And in 2001, we sold the company to a company called Active IQ Technologies, and they had just purchased Red Wing Business Systems and Champion Business Systems out of Denver, Colorado. So they merged the three companies together. And that was an interesting time because all three of these companies were used to competing with each other. <laughs> and uh, so everybody had the best way of doing things. So you get three different companies together, and they were similar sizes. and uh, it was it was an interesting dynamic getting everybody to work together and figuring out you know what the best way to do things was. and um, but after about a year and a half, uh, Active IQ Technologies started shopping us to other companies. Um, and this was like uh, early 2003, late 2002 in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it uh, wasn't a great time to be selling a software company
0: no. was, uh, when the bubble yep. burst. Yep.
1: And uh, so they came to a couple of us um, and asked if we wanted to buy the company back. So three of us got together uh, that were previous owners, purchased the company back, took it private again, and that was uh, in, I believe, April of 2003. And about a year and a half ago, um, I purchased all of the outstanding stock in the company from my two partners. Um, So I'm the sole stockholder at this point.
0: Okay. So you get to tell yourself what to do. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's not
1: necessarily true because my wife works for the company, too, <laughs> and uh, so I kind of do what
0: she tells me to do. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer, happy wife, happy life. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. and last Sunday, we just hit 40 years together. So we've celebrated our 40th uh, wedding anniversary on June 12th. So, and as usual, I was on an airplane. So that's. Oh, yeah. uh,
1: well, this, this year will mark uh, 46
0: for us in November. Well, good, good, you know it's uh it's it's always fun to, and I had a a friend of mine in Kansas uh, that uh, they celebrated their fiftieth on June tenth, so I was able to sort of uh, view that through Facebook. I'm not a Facebook poster, but I do uh, you know keep up with some friends and so on by looking at Facebook. That's about as far as I go. once in a while, I might respond to a comment that goes out there, but that's about it so but uh, so what is? What is Red Wing Software?
1: Well, Red Wing Software uh, actually started out uh, between these three companies that merged together. And early on, there was another company, Harvest Computer Systems, that was pretty dominant in the farm accounting market as well. Um, they were uh, merged into FMS um, well, back in the 90s sometime. And uh, But we started out between the three or four companies doing accounting software for mainly for agriculture, um, with the exception of Champion Business Systems, they were mainly business accounting uh, outside of agriculture. And so we basically do everything backend accounting. We do uh, financial management, cash flows, balance sheets, income statements, ratios, uh, budgeting, that kind of thing on the accounting side. On the payroll side, we've got a real Uh, strong influence in agricultural accounting because we do some things for agriculture that other payroll companies don't do. Um, Things like H2A, um, tracking and and reporting, um, piecework, that kind of thing. And uh, so we're we're really good at payroll software. And in fact, a number of companies uh, we partner with have accounting software and they don't have their own payroll software. So they bundle our payroll software with their accounting software. And so we write interfaces between those programs. And then uh, we do things also like depreciation, um, calculations and and that kind of
0: thing. So we've the all all the fun stuff.
1: And so we uh, agriculture kind of drives most of our development but it's about a third of our market. Um, we sell quite a bit to small businesses, light manufacturing, a fair amount to municipalities, small cities, small to medium-sized cities. Uh, we've got a partner in Arkansas that really focuses on that. Um, and we sell to some uh, service bureaus that keep track of um, their records for their clients.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and. The one thing that I won't say is necessarily unique about Red Wing, but if if we look at the you know let's let's just call it the the big dog in the in the in the arena, so to speak, QuickBooks. You know, QuickBooks is really for farming. It's sort of yeah, you can do cash accounting. You can maybe do a little bit of accrual accounting, but it's very messy, and you got to do a lot of work to get. You know, it's set up properly and then it it, after time it gets even messier and messier. But with Red Wing software on the agricultural side, it's very easy for a farmer to have, let's say, accrual and then convert it to cash. Go through that process or what, what Red Wing provides for the farmer that allows them to have maybe two or three different types of books, but just essentially inputting it once instead of inputting it three or four times
1: yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, QuickBooks is a good program for what it's designed to do. There's no no question about that. But uh, one of the things that uh, our advantage is with Red Wing is uh, begins with the setup process. So we've got a wizard. when you once you install the program, a wizard walks you through the setup process. So you kind of describe your operation, what kind of crops you grow, what kind of livestock you grow, how many business entities there are. Uh, so it takes you through that process and that wizard process sets up a chart of accounts for you uh, for agriculture so that's a that's kind of where we start and since we're we've been in agriculture for a long time we kind of have a a pretty good idea on uh, what people are going to need for their chart of accounts and you know in basically in a matter of minutes you can be to a point where you can be entering checks and deposits of course, you'll need to go in and set up your um, assets and liabilities and inventory and those kind of things because those are all specific to the operation. Right. Yep. Um, but we do, our philosophy is if you keep good records for yourself, you've got good records for everybody else as a byproduct. Um, we're a firm believer in doing true accrual accounting for analysis purposes. You really can't, in our opinion, you can't do a good job of trend analysis with cash accounting. Yep, um, because agriculture has some some real advantages of, of timing of purchases and sales and this kind of thing to take advantage of tax law, and if you do all of those things, you don't necessarily get good um, historical trend analysis information. Um. You know, one of the other things that we do that uh, um, that you kind of mentioned is we do cash and accrual at the same time so you can enter one transaction and basically it looks like you're entering a check just like you would in any other software program but we're doing behind the scenes the accrual accounting and the cash accounting at the same time and we've been doing that for 40 years yeah. and uh, um, so, again putting in your accrual information behind the scenes we've got all of the cash information because we know how the transactions were entered and what accounts it affected and this kind of thing so you can for instance get the information for a schedule f just by running the report there's no additional work that you have to do
0: yeah and that that's very helpful cuz like i said with quickbooks we can sort of we can sort of get there but it's awkward it's not automated uh, like you say with your program you enter the check, and then it knows, okay, from a cash standpoint, we need to post it here. And from an accrual standpoint, we need to post it over here or put it into inventory, or whatever it might be. so that that definitely makes us as accountants our lives easier. It provides that that really good, accurate historical information for the farmer that they then can go ahead and and take advantage of of the racial analysis and the trend analysis and so on.
1: Yeah and uh, you you brought up inventory and that's a good point. Uh, one of the things that is important to agriculture is keeping track of inventory. And in a lot of the the QuickBooks and off the shelf type programs, keeping track of inventory isn't a real easy thing to do. No. Nope. Normally you can keep track of the uh, the dollars of the inventory, but in agriculture it's important to know the quantities as well as the dollars. And in most agriculture, it's important to keep track of multiple quantities. So, for instance, we can keep track of uh, bushels and pounds, for instance, for a grain operation, or number of head and number of pounds for a livestock operation. So, we not only keep track of the inventory value, we also keep track of inventory quantities.
0: Yeah, 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 that's... And like I said, those other programs, they are not set up for that and they do do, do not do a great job of that. What, uh, you know, as far as um, that sort of red wing up to this point, uh, if you looked out and you know, nobody has a perfect crystal ball, but if you look out maybe a five or 10 year window, where do you think, or what, what do you see happening in the accounting industry for especially for ag?
1: Well, I don't know if ag is a whole lot different than any other accounting, other than the kinds of information we need to keep track of. Um, but what we've seen as a trend over time, and I think it's gonna um, continue that way, is more and more people are going to a host of environment so they don't necessarily run their software locally. They run it in the cloud. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we're set up to do that either way. You you can run it locally. A lot of our customers don't have great internet access. So the cloud um, option is not a great option for them. So they'll run it locally. And then, uh, but more and more people are going to the cloud just because they don't have to maintain the, uh, installs and the updates and the hardware and yeah. all that kind of stuff so we see more and more people doing that and um, more and more uh, things are going mobile and and that includes us as an organization too we're doing a lot more mobile type things um, our accounting itself is, is still kind of based on premise um, even though you can run it in the cloud, basically that's where it's hosted. But we've the amount of flexibility that we have in our software for setting things up and reporting things and entering transactions the way you want to would be extremely difficult to do in a browser-based application um, to to set up all of those different options. Yeah, um, but we are doing things like. Uh, Uh, mobile time clock for our payroll software, so employees can uh, log in with their cell phone or with a kiosk at the point of of their job. Uh, You can set up like an iPad to uh, to punch in at a kiosk, or you can again use your iPhone. We do some geofencing, so uh, if you want the employee to only clock in when they get to their place of work for the day. Um, the program will only allow you to clock in once you're inside that uh, geographic area. Okay. Um, and uh, we can do things like time off requests for payroll and and those kind of things as well.
0: So, in the, so like you say on that geo fence, you know, the so the employer wants to make sure that that person really is at work, not just using the 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 iPhone or the Android device to say, they're still at home, hey, I'm logged in, and the employer's not gonna know that I'm logged in, but with the geofence, that prevents that from happening. Is that is that how that works?
1: That's exactly what it's for, is to make sure that the employee is where they're supposed to be when they clock in, and they don't clock in you know, five miles from the office or five <laughs> miles from the field that they're supposed to be working in at the time.
0: Well, of course, you know, these days, a lot of employees are probably working from home. So, you know, maybe that might be a little more difficult, but uh, uh, but at that point, maybe, you know, they have to be on the computer and they have to be actually doing some keystrokes in order to qualify. I don't know. I mean, this whole hybrid uh, environment is 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 definitely in a state of flux.
1: Absolutely. And uh, the geofencing can be set up by employees. So you can have them logging in wherever you want, but, but you're right, working from home is a big deal. In fact, our own operation is uh, entirely remote. Um, you know, a couple of years ago when the pandemic started, the governor of Minnesota said, if you can work from home, you must work from home. Okay. And so in a matter of about a week, uh, we transitioned all of our employees to working from home And our customers didn't even notice because we had the technology in place with uh, IP phones that uh, you you still call the same 800 number, the same people answered the phone. They could still transfer calls to anybody anywhere um, in the country or even in the world. Mm -hmm. It's it's an extension and it just felt like everybody was sitting next to the next person in the office. And uh, that was over two years ago and we are still working in that environment. Um, Everyone, our our office is empty. I shouldn't say that. We have equipment there, but there's people (laughs) working there. And uh, we've got uh, people in uh, Colorado, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Pennsylvania. Um, So people can work from wherever they want. And uh, it was kind of nice for us because we already had about 10 people working from home full time so we knew how to do it and it was a really easy transition all we had to do was you know purchase some new ip phones and yep. get everybody set up to work from home
0: yeah you, you bring that up because uh, when the pandemic hit for us out in our area washington was similar to minnesota although we as accountants, I guess, we were considered to be essential, just like farmers, we were essential. So we were able to go back to the office and work. We weren't required to be at home. Um, But, and I'm sort of like some of your customers, my internet at that point in time was somewhere between uh, old AOL dial up and (laughs) something a little better than that. I mean, it was not very good. So I had actually rented an office in downtown dayton and when i say downtown dayton dayton's got one stoplight so you know that's uh, uh there's not much of a downtown there but i was able to work uh, remote and actually from an efficiency standpoint that's probably the most efficient i'd ever been in my whole life as far as uh, uh, being a tax preparer is very easy to concentrate you know i didn't have the distractions but also you know, as being a principal in a cpa firm you know one of my i'm going to call it job duties is to be able to help mentor employees. And and that still needs a little bit of that face-to-face that, uh, uh, whereas with software, like you say, you're really dealing with the software, you're dealing with your customer, but your customer is not in your office. They're at their home. You need to be able to answer their questions that they have that, as they arise.
1: Yeah, virtually our whole operation is based over the phone and, and internet, um, even before the pandemic. The, but I agree with you. the The tough thing is mentoring new people. Um, so it is good to have that person sitting beside you when you're bringing them up to speed. And that is one of the disadvantages. Um, we're really used to doing video conferencing, so I probably see some of the employees more than I would if everyone was in the office, <laughs> um, just uh, through the internet. Yeah. And uh, but you do. Um, One of the things we noticed, and um, even though people really enjoy working from home, they kind of miss the networking that goes on at the office. So what we did to solve that problem is about three times a week, 10 minutes before some of our regularly scheduled team meetings, uh, we'll have a virtual uh, coffee break. And it's on the calendar. Anybody can log in and talk about whatever they want to talk about. So it's kind of like standing by the water cooler and talking to the people and I said so we do that about three times a week people people can just get on and talk about their personal lives or whatever they want to do
0: and we've done similar type things even though we're sort of in office now we still have uh, and we use Microsoft Teams you know there's Zoom and all these other products but uh, we, we have a similar type thing and uh, and uh, yeah, and so it's good to get that face-to-face and even mentoring or, or training you know with these products now i mean you can bring the you can bring their lap or their screen up on your screen you can see what they have going on you can help them yoga know, so i had something the other day we had an issue with 199 cafe and and so we were going back and forth on his screen so it was his screen but i was able to look at it and we're digging into okay the software showing this our software is showing this what's the difference and and within about a 10 or 15 minute uh, process we were able to sort of resolve and, and 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 deal with it so that that was sort of nice i mean we didn't have that technology even what can five years ago did we really have that technology the, it's, it as was easy there, as it, it is now
1: yeah it certainly wasn't as good as it is now we use a product product called team viewer and it works similar to what you're talking about. It uh, Our technicians can actually take control of the customer's computer and walk them through the process, and they the customer just has to watch what's going on. And of course, the customer has control over it, so they have to give our technician permission to get in. Right. So like, we can just grab a hold of anybody's computer that we want. And then, uh, you know, once you log off, we can't get back in without, you know, another code and another permission from the customer mm-hmm. um, but that works really well and you, you talked to earlier about the efficiency of working out of the office whether at home or whether a, a small office near you uh, i think our efficiency went up a little bit when we started working from home um, we kind of do things a little bit different than most companies do when people call in for support um, they you can always get to a live person immediately. Um, mm-hmm. So there's none of this phone menu type things that you have to go through. Yeah. And so you can call our 800 number direct. Somebody answers the phone. They ask who you want to get with. They can transfer the call immediately. Or depending on the product you're using, there's an 800 number that you can call into. And it rings directly into the team of people that supports that product. And you may be on hold for a minute. Um, well, probably not even a minute before somebody picks up the phone. But um, if you want to, you can hit zero at any time and it takes you to an operator front uh, mm-hmm. desk person. So there's there's no delay. You can talk to a live person anytime you want to call. And we were running uh, at that point of, before we worked from home, we were running in the 93 to 94% direct call pickups when people would call in. And now that everybody's working from home, uh, we're running around 97%. So efficiency went up a little bit, um, even working from home.
0: Yeah, I I know sometimes, you know, I've called like the airlines or I've called the, uh, you know, I'm a national car rental and you know, and you get on hold and and they want you to do the voice recognition and then finally you just get so upset and you say operator and you're screaming operator and, and they say that does not exist in our system and you're just getting this infinite loop. I've had to hang up multiple times on those things.
1: Uh, it, it can be so frustrating and we just, we take that frustration away. Um, yeah. when, when our customers call our office, they talk to somebody. Okay.
0: Well, good. You know, Ken. Right now, we're going to take a quick little break for a sponsor messing and we'll get back. We'll have a few more questions, and then uh, I'll let you get back to uh, enjoying that beautiful Florida, ninety-five percent humidity. So, uh, but uh, uh, we'll go ahead and take a break right now. Sounds good.
1: Get timely updates about taxation, accounting, succession planning, and other issues that are unique to farmers and agribusiness processors. Find out about major agribusiness events and how to comply with new laws that affect your business. Subscribe to Farm CPA at blogs.claconnect.com forward slash agribusiness and experience the CLA promise. blogs.claconnect.com forward slash agribusiness.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Farm CPA podcast presented by Top Producer. We're going to go ahead and rejoin our conversation with Ken Hilton from Red Wing Software. Um, Ken, we were sort of talking about how technology has definitely improved um, you know, our ability to do certain things. As you had mentioned before the break, uh, you actually had seen your efficiency with like answering phone calls and so on go up. Um, the one thing I'm noticing, even you know, I was thinking, well, artificial intelligence, you know, we're never really going to have that in the accounting industry or in an office environment. But the one thing I've noticed lately over the last few months, like in my Outlook program, when I'm typing in an email, it as I start typing, it actually brings four or five words in that it thinks I might want to use. And about 99 times out of 100, it's completely accurate. You know, I might change it because my tone is a little bit different, uh, but their suggestions are pretty good. And if I just click tab, it accepts those words and, I, and it speeds up the process. Do you see some of that maybe happening with your software at some point in time? Or, or do you see any trends in that that you think is going to be applicable?
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I never thought about it as artificial intelligence. Um, but for for a number of years, probably 25 years at least maybe 30 we've had systems in our software that if for instance if i'm entering a transaction to bob's oil company and i always buy fuel from bob's oil company um, when i type in bob's oil company in the system i can have it automatically bring up a template that um, Will ask the questions for me to uh, how much fuel it was and what the dollar amount was and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it can already recall uh, previous transactions or bring up a template based on that that name that you typed in, and it'll, of course it'll put the new date in and and those kind of things. Um, I never really thought about it as artificial intelligence, but it it kind of does something. It is. Yeah, same kind of thing, and we've been doing that for a long time. Um, so it kind of it will anticipate what you're wanting to wanting to do based on what you typed in. Yeah. Um, another thing that we've got in our system is uh, ratio analysis, and we've got uh, two different sets of ratios in there. Uh, one was uh, one of the first ones we did was the uh, Ferguson group ratios, and With those ratios, there are recommendations and trend analysis, and they're basically standard business type ratios, um, but they come with um, some guidelines on what those numbers should be, and what's really nice is watching some of those ratios change over time, so you can do some trend analysis and graph that information. And so basically it's taking some of that data that's entered in the software that that the user puts in and gives you back information that's useful and then of course the other set of ratios in there is the farm financial standards council ratios and they're uh, really widely used around the farm industry and uh okay i forget how many ratios there are um there were 16 at one time then it went to 21 and I think the recommended ones are down to thirteen now, maybe.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that that sounds about right because we've we've sort of because you and I are both on the council and we've sort of taken some of those that are sort of duplicative and and brought brought it down to the key thirteen or fourteen. But that that sounds about right.
1: Yeah, and of course they they recently changed. In fact, they they evolve over time. So we want we make sure that our software keeps up with the with the calculations that the Farm Financial Standards Council recommends and in our last update we um, well when they made their last change they did some grouping of the ratios so in our last update we um, did that similar grouping so it was real easy to find the ratios that you were after and it uh, kind of followed how the Farm Financial Standards Council works Um, on the Farm Financial Standards Council ratios you can do cash or accrual ratios Mm -hmm. um, and uh, book value or market value when the ratios or indices uh, contain you know balance sheet type information okay okay and and you can still get the trend analysis over whatever number of years and you can do that on a monthly quarterly or annual basis so for instance i've got information my own personal information in uh, centerpoint software that uh, goes back to 1987, so I can actually see ratios and uh, trend analysis since 87.
0: Well, that's that's. Uh, I think mine doesn't go quite back that far, but uh, I, I have some of my own. Of course, being an anal CPA, you know, I got everything ticked and tied and. Uh, and, uh, and and I know how many times my my wife uh, uses Amazon. So I, I think the record was uh, 32 Amazons in a row before I got any of my transactions entered. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh-huh. but uh, so you know we did mention or you brought up the Farm Financial Standards ratios. Uh, I know that your involvement with that organization goes back longer than mine. Mine's now I think in the 11th or 12th year. Um, Just go through a quick little brief history on that, and then we'll probably be done with the podcast today.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. The Farm Financial Standards Council first met with a group of people. I was not in that first group, but they met, I want to say, in St. Louis on Super Bowl Sunday uh, back in the 80s um, was the first
0: meeting. I think Um, wasn't it the Chicago Bear? Was it the Chicago Bear against the New England Patriots, which would or yeah, which would have been, I think. 1986, I think. Does that sound about right?
1: That sounds about right. So I think it was the 85 season that the Bears just dominated. Yep. Yep. Uh, And I happened to live in Illinois at the time, so that was a big deal for us. (laughs) Um, But uh, um, we got involved early on in the process once they decided that they actually needed a uh, a, an organization to look at Farm Financial Standards Council. And um, through the years, then um, they've created the uh, financial standards for agricultural producers and also management accounting standards for agricultural producers so they've got two really good documents that kind of guide farmers producers through uh, the process of uh, keeping records and what records are important and how to do analysis of that information um, and it's a very active organization um, I've been through the officer positions and uh, president of the organization a couple times now. Um, national organizations we have people from all over the country, and once in a yep. while from from other countries. Um, we meet once a year at an annual conference, and this year it's in Annapolis, Maryland, in July. Um, and it's a it's not only a good. Uh, place to get information and education it's also a great place to network um and a lot of what you get out of an organization like the farm financial standards council is that networking opportunity yep. um to to meet people and and uh you know they can you can help them and they can help you uh, find the best ways to do different things and and it moves all over the country so every year it's in a different place so you get to learn a lot about agriculture in that particular area of the country so really really nice organization to be part of
0: yeah even the year that i was the the president back in 2015 uh, we brought people out to uh, my neck of the woods uh, we actually uh, had a local farmer, that had three hillside combines and, uh, and we got people out on a hillside combine ride. Now, the only negative I think about that day that I remember, uh, was it was 105 or 106 out there. So it was a little bit hot. So, uh, uh but that happens in our neck of the woods.
1: I remember it being extremely hot that day and that combine right ride, um, uh... I did not go on a combine ride. Um, we had more people there than could do it, and I happily volunteered not to go on that combine ride because it looked a little scarier than a carnival ride.
0: <laughs> it and 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 Ken, that wasn't even steep ground, you know. So that was uh, that was the uh, you know because yeah, I tell people or you know people come out, especially if they're from the Midwest, and they're like man that's steep and i'm like uh no that's not so you know it's it's just uh, it's what you grow up with it's what you get used to but uh, yeah. but definitely I, I think for the farmers that are listening to this podcast if you are interested in um you know bettering your accounting records understanding accounting concepts and so on uh going to the website ffsc so frank frank sam charlie.org um and you can download the standards you can um you know you can join the annual meeting there's no prerequisite Uh, if anybody is interested in in attending that meeting just to learn what the organization is about i would highly recommend going to the website Uh, the registration information is right there and we'd love to have you in annapolis or or wherever we have a meeting so and i agree with you ken for me, the best part of the organization is just the networking involved. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and it and that organization is for anybody involved in agriculture. There's producers, there's software companies, there's bankers, there's accountants, there's educators, um, uh, consultants.
0: Yeah. Uh, anybody
1: involved in agriculture, that's a good fit
0: for them. Yep. Dope. Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, we're we're coming up to the. The, the end of the podcast is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners out there
1: I can't think of what it would be right offhand, Paul it was a real pleasure talking to you today and I look forward to seeing you in Annapolis
0: well and then I'll see you afterwards for a few days of golf too so that's, that's even better so. yeah that'll be fun <laughs> Okay, thanks Ken and again this is the Farm CPA Podcast presented by Top Producer I'm Paul Nefer your host signing off